1: Homes.com. We've done your homework.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
1: Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the Brooklyn Bunker. So, folks, it has been now two days since the State of the Union, and you no doubt heard my thoughts on Woke Wednesday yesterday, but I... (laughs) The level of rage that I had while listening to the State of the Union is almost on par. No, I guess it's not really on par, but it is almost like right below Trump levels. And let me tell you why. And here's the thing. Here's the problem with the Biden administration, with Democrats in general. And I know, you know, people ask me and they say, hey, I started listening to your podcast, which, hi, all to, welcome to the new listeners. I'm really excited. Please share with your friends. But people are asking me, they're like, well, what's the solution? What's the solution? And I'm like, the solution is actually really easy. You tell the fucking truth, right? You tell the truth about what's happening in this country, what needs to be done, and you do it. What I'm finding really interesting are the acts that the Department of Justice is taking, for instance, the Department of Justice is deciding that they're going to put their full weight and force behind going after Russian oligarchs who have been buying up real estate and property, and um, you know, boats and yachts and just shit uh, inside of the United States, and they're going to freeze those assets and they're going to go for the they're going to go for the gold and the gusto. And when this was first reported by CNN. My thought was like, okay, so what the fuck are you doing about the American oligarchs that funneled money into the pockets of, oh, I don't know, the fucking Oath Keepers, the Proud Boys, those people that were tactically planning on the ground uh, the insurrection, where is this kind, like Biden standing up in front of Congress, in front of the fucking free world, and I use quotations in saying that, in front of the free fucking world, um, talking about like how the United States is going after these oligarchs and g- going after the wealthy. And I'm saying, where's the fucking smoke, Biden, for the American oligarchs. You have fucking Donald Trump sitting up real cozy at Mar-a-Lago. You got people sitting in that room, right, on the night of the State of the Union who themselves were on the phone with insurrectionists, who were using their money, their access, right, their strategic planning, in order to help people overthrow the government in the United States. And yet we're putting all this fucking smoke and fire, behind getting Putin. And I'm like, who the fuck is getting McCarthy? Who the fuck is getting Gates? Who the fuck is getting Donald Trump? Who the fuck is getting Eastman? Right? Like I, I, I am so confused about how we had Democrats jumping up and down, screaming and chanting USA. Also notably why Republicans sat on their fucking hands, right? Jumping up, chanting USA, and you're not doing dick in this country in order to secure our democracy. You're so busy going around wielding your big stick and fucking yelling from the top of the rooftops how Putin doesn't know what he's up against. Well, apparently Republicans don't know who they're up against because they ain't up against anybody. They clearly have no opposition because they are doing the same fucking things in the United States. They may not be rolling out heavy artillery, but if you fucking remember... From the insurrection, they built a fucking guillotine. Those people had tactical equipment. They were either active or retired military and police officers and all types of law enforcement, right? There were people that were put on chartered buses from all around the country to head to Washington, D.C. Where the fuck is the follow-up on who funded that? I just, you know, folks, I am losing... What is left of my fucking mind these days, because I got to hold multiple things at one time. On one hand, I want to say, yes, the Ukrainian people need absolute help and protection, and they are fleeing devastation that we cannot imagine. I wrote about it in media, putting myself in their shoes as if this would happen on our soil. You saw it on Patreon. You see it on Medium. But then at the same time, I'm like, if one more person sends me more reports of how the Ukrainians are treating the fucking black immigrants that are in their country, telling them that Ukrainians first, white people first, black people, you got to walk 12 fucking miles in order to get to a border just to be turned away. And we can't talk about that at the same time. You want to use it as a motherfucking footnote at the end of news segments. I have watched CNN, MSNBC, BBC, and all of them will say, oh, well, you know, the Ukrainians, and they will show, you know, horrible, horrific images and videos because let's all not forget, right, that media is a money game. It is a ratings game. And so what bleeds, leads. That is the fucking truth, and it has always been in journalism, right? But at the same time, it is not only, right... The blue-eyed and the white that are fleeing war and violence and destruction. And so why is it, why is it not being called out by those people, particularly journalists of color that do have the space and place to do so, calling out? how radically different the fucking coverage is when wanting to invoke empathy in the world about these babies and these women, so long as they are white, but we're not telling the fucking stories of black people, black Africans, immigrants of color being told to get off of buses as if it is 1950s fucking Jim Crow America. And the reality is I tweeted this yesterday and I said, you know what? Do you know what gets me on many, many occasions is that no one gives a fuck about black people. Do you remember back before Kanye was still kind of Kanye and it was the award season and it was a, it was a, 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 a telethon or something to that nature for Katrina, right? So we're talking about the 2010s when Katrina hit and, Kanye West stood up in front of the world and said, George Bush doesn't care about black people because black people were on their rooftops as well, screaming for help. Right. They were being picked off and shot at by police because when black people in New Orleans were trying to get the basic needs that they water food from flooded out grocery stores, the media said, look at those looters. White people doing the same fucking thing. Oh my God, look at these victims of Hurricane Katrina. It is the same shit that plays out on the micro level fucking here in the United States that plays out all over the world. And do you know what it is called? It is called anti-blackness. And I am so fucking tired of the laziness in journalism right now, the fucking laziness and the neglect and the purposeful erasure of the trauma and the struggle that black immigrants and immigrants of color are facing as they too are fleeing alongside their white compatriots to try and get to fucking safety. And no one gives a shit. Biden in his state of the union, which opened up all about Ukraine could have used that as an opportunity to say to his colleagues, right? Those that are in the European Union that says that discrimination should have no place in your country, it is should have no place right now as all types of people, black people, immigrants of color are also fleeing. Yes, people in Ukraine, we understand And we see the torment that you are going through. But that does not mean that you get to kick people who are also fleeing and need safety down so that you can trample on them to get what it is that you need. My God. But once again, this administration, when given the opportunity to do the right thing, will make sure that they punt it way down the fucking field. Let me go on with the state of the fucking union, which is trash, right? To say this, Joe Biden, (sighs) Joe Biden wanted to close out his speech earlier this week trying to rally the rally Congress. And while you're at it, post, uh, pass the voting rights act and pass this and pass that and pass this and all there's all this applause. And do you know what I realized as I was listening to Joe Biden as a veteran in politics for the last, I don't know, 10, 15 fucking years, is that it is the same fucking things that you've been trying to pass for the same amount of fucking time that have never gotten done because you don't have any strategy. Because you're not willing to do whatever it takes in the same vein that Republicans are willing to do whatever it takes to destroy and disrupt our democracy, to put women back chained into the kitchen, to put black people back chained behind a fucking car. They are willing to do what it takes. Democrats are not. And so Joe Biden can rattle off all of the fucking things and then to put, I mean, to make matters worse. We're not trying to defund the police. We need to fund the police. Are you fucking kidding me? Why don't you just spit in my goddamn face and the faces of black people that had to, in the middle of a fucking pandemic, march for our fucking lives, risk our lives through a virus, only to march for our lives to beg police to stop fucking killing us like dogs in the street. But you want to talk about more funding as if we have enough money in the world to fund, right? To fund out racism? Are you kidding me? The fucking police department in New York City has a budget in the fucking billions. In the billions. You think that, oh, what? They're all of a sudden not racist now? You think all of a sudden what? They're not throwing black and brown men and women up against walls, patting them down? Oh, because crime is up so they get to do whatever the fuck they want? Crime is up because the social safety nets are broken. Crime is not up because we need more police. Show me the wealthy white neighborhoods in this country that are crawling around with police because that equals safety. Give me a fucking break. Joe Biden doesn't get it. Democrats don't fucking get it. And you know what? I will vote, right? Because it's all that I can fucking do. But I will absolutely understand the people that decide not to. Because this country hasn't done dick for them. But we keep putting ourselves, our lives, our hopes, right, on the line. Only to be told, much like the Ukrainians are telling the fucking African immigrants, get to the back of the bus or get the fuck off. You know how many people said in Twitter, Right? That, oh my God, the progressives shouldn't have been giving a rebuttal, and oh my God, now is not the time, now is not the time, now is not the time. Tell me when the time is, right? Because I agree, now is not the time, but tell me when the time is, right? Is it when the comet is hovering over us, right? And our impending disaster is just minutes away? Is then the time? We are running out of time. I don't know how many times and how many different ways that I need to say that because I feel. I feel like I am screaming into a void. Because when I looked around at the uh, tweets, the hot takes coming off right after Biden was done. You would have thought that like he gave the speech to end all speeches. And I'm thinking to myself as I was sitting on the couch, were we all listening to the same thing? What was rousing about that? What was deserved of applause for that to say what to spend half the time talking about how you're going after authoritarianism after an authoritarian regime after a dictator, right? That is right now waging war, but you're not talking at all. Not one fucking mention of the war that is being fought at home right now and i'm not saying not that it is an either or proposition i'm saying that it's a both and that could have been a transitional point to talk about what we are facing at home as our democracy is being ripped away one voter suppression law at a time right that after he was painting the picture of how evil vladimir putin is that maybe he could have reminded the american people who exactly the last president was chummy with who not only days before had stood up in Mar-a-Lago or where the fuck he was to talk about how smart Putin was, to praise him, and that there were members that were within the, this very chamber who were applauding his moves and saying, why can't we have a president that is like this, like this? He had an opportunity to show the American people exactly who the Republican Party is. Instead, he referred to them once a fucking again as my friends from across the aisle. Are we insane? I just, you know, folks, I have very little patience. I do. I pop off very quickly because I am not the smartest person in the room, right? I am not the one who has pedigree upon academic pedigree, but I am not fucking dumb and neither are you. So if all of us can see the parallels between what is happening, all of us in woke AF Nation who consistently are like, wait a minute, am I crazy? We come together as a collective here, right? Because it is the only place that I find these days where I don't feel crazy. Because when I turn on cable news, when I open up my computer to scroll through and see who is writing what and where, I'm like, are we all look, are we all in the same country right now? Are we all paying attention to the same things? Cuz I don't think so. You know, it is it's as if like our we we don't have the capacity to hold big things, right? We don't have the capacity to be able to see more than through a, 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 a pinhole And that is exactly what Joe Biden showed us this week. I mean, when I heard fund the police and fund the police and fund the police, you fund the police with fucking tanks. Do you not remember the tanks that were rolled out in Ferguson? That was before the protests that happened in Oregon and the protests that happened in New York in 2020. It was in Ferguson. That we saw the militarized gear that you were so busy funding, funding, funding the fucking police with. So that they can then turn around and use it against us. But then you wanna come shuck and jive over to black and brown communities talking about, give me your vote? Fuck you. That's how I feel right now. Fuck you. I'm so tired. Of being used as a pawn in a game that I did not make up. In a game that I didn't volunteer for. I didn't ask to be fucking tribute. And here we are. Being used and abused. Because what? They told us that we have no choice. We have choices. And I keep saying this over and over again. And people will say, well, what is the choice not to vote? The choice is to burn the shit down. That's the fucking choice. How do you do that? Opt out. That's how you do it. You begin to opt out. You begin to opt out of this pageantry and shit show, right? Do you know what the State of the Union was to me? It was like a pep rally for a losing fucking team. That's what it was. Them all up and down, clapping, all at the same talking points. Let me tell the same stale stories with new faces attached to them. If I heard one more story about my dad in Scranton, Joe Biden is almost 106. I don't care about your dad in Scranton. Scranton is not the only place in America where fucking working class, where what you really want to say is white working class people are. The working class does not look like the white man in the hard hat with the hard lunchbox headed out while his wife kisses him goodbye while she's holding a baby and a pie at the same fucking time. Where are we right now? We're trapped in some weird dystopian present where it's like the rest of us see exactly what's happening, see exactly the plans and the direction that we're moving in. And then you have the powers that be that are so desperate to hold on to what was that they are losing what is. That state of the union was a pep rally that I did not need. It didn't offer a fucking thing. And on top of that, you want to talk about, oh, well, we take our masks off. Isn't, isn't this what we all wanted? No, I didn't want it in time for midterms. I wanted masks and mitigations to be rolled back when the scientists and the doctors said so, not when they were being dictated by the political fucking calendar. And if you think for a fucking minute that the people that had never been wearing their masks all along are going to all of a sudden be like, oh, well, look, Biden is, is with us now. Us anti-vaxxers, anti-maskers. So now we're going to vote Democrat. Are you dumb? They haven't voted with you since 1950. How many times do we need to say that? But the base who you decided to throw under the bus yesterday with your, oh, fund, 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 the police? Yeah, you're going to find, find, find your ass all by yourself. Because I went, I went and I pulled up various sites where I know that black and brown people are always active in the comment sections. And I looked and let me tell you something that folks are like, oh, so I hope he's not looking for a second term. I hope he's not coming to my community for a vote. Oh, he can go take that fun fun down there to the white neighborhood because that is not me. Imagine if this is how I feel as somebody who is actually a staunch Democrat, who has committed their life's work to strengthening and securing and expanding our democracy. That if I feel like this, what do you think that lukewarm people felt like? They are ice cold now. They are fucking done. And they're going to decide that, you know what? No, I'm not going to pay attention to what is happening at the national and federal level because nothing is happening for my benefit, right? You want to throw out these little uh, COVID checks and blah, 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 as if people are going to remember that come November? No, they would actually remember being able to vote. They would actually be, they would remember being able to get an abortion, They would actually remember having investments in their public schools. They would actually remember and understand a real push to deal with our climate crisis, none of which is happening. They would even, right... Take all of that that I just listed, put that on the back burner if you would have put the people that were responsible for COVID spreading, that were responsible for the insurrection in jail. Because at least then you would have a fucking talking point as to why I need to go with you. But you tell me, what is the why? Why are we Democrats? Why are we voting for them in November? And it can't just be because the other guy is a white supremacist. But that's what they're banking on. Somebody tweeted out and said, oh my God, who's doing the emails for the Democrats? I just got an email and it was horrible. It was all about Trump. Instead of all about, oh, I don't know, the entire Republican Party that rolled out 400 voter suppression laws that is trying to strip away your ability to have an abortion, that is putting a target on LGBTQ kids back. Did you hear any of that last night? Did you hear any of that in the State of the Union? I didn't. And I was waiting, you know, I had thoughts and I'd put it up and I said to folks, you know, I'm going to go live after, I'm going to go live after. Right. And then I said, I'm not giving this country any more of my time. I'm going to go rest because it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me to stay up, to scream. I can do that the next day, the day after. We are in significant fucking trouble in this country, significant trouble. And not one thing was mentioned in that state of the union that would send off any alarms. Not one thing. Folks, coming up next, I'm very excited, uh, is my conversation for the very first time with Dr. Fauci. I mean, you know him. He doesn't need any introduction. And I asked Dr. Fauci a couple of things. Um, We talk about COVID, obviously, but I asked him about the coincidence in the fact that we are moving towards these, quote unquote, mitigation uh, efforts or turning uh, them completely back, rolling them completely back, coincidentally close to midterms. And, you know, is that something that is a coincidence? Are we really still following the science? Those are just some of the questions that will come up in my interview with Dr. Fauci. Folks, I don't need to do any type of introduction for the man that we have all seen and heard from over the last two plus years. I don't even know what time zone we are in right now um, or what wormhole that we are in with COVID. Dr. Fauci, thank you so much for making the time to join Woke AF. Um, over the uh, past couple of days, the past couple of weeks, we have seen a number of mitigation efforts um, being changed and a bunch of different guidelines being offered up by the CDC. Can you offer us um, some clarification as to why um, we are seeing these moves being made now by our governors, with you know rolling back mask wearing indoors, rolling back the need to show vaccination cards, things that were actually used in order to kind of relieve our anxiety, find ways to kind of normalize this very abnormal situation. Why are we making these shifts now?
0: Well, there's good scientific reason to do that. You know, there are different phases of what we've gone through over the last couple of years, the like rather fulminant pandemic phase, which just, you know, a few months ago we were dealing with almost a million cases a day, 900,000 cases a day. The hospitals were threatened in their capacity. The deaths were very high. We've turned the corner, at least now, with this Omicron variant. The Omicron variant was very challenging, much more transmissible than Delta, Mm -hmm. a little bit less virulent in that many people had already been vaccinated and or had gotten infected but what we've seen over the last several weeks is a peak and then a very sharp, steady decline in cases, particularly in hospitalizations. And right now it's felt that given the direction of where this is going, which is in the right direction, and given the fact that the metrics for guidelines about things like masking requirements in indoor spaces, including schools, according to the new metric, which is driven much more by how much severe disease there is rather than how many infections there are, because many of the infections are without symptoms. Uh Many of them have mild symptoms. So that the CDC has made, I think, the appropriate decision of saying, if you look at the map of the country on a county by county basis, if you count just cases, then 90 plus percent of the country would fall under the umbrella of the guideline to continue restrictions like masking in indoor places, masking in schools. However, with the new metrics going in the right direction, and given the fact that we now are prepared, we have vaccines, we have boosters, we have antivirals, we have hundreds of millions of testing available easily for people, and we have hundreds of millions of masks for those who need it, it is felt that we can begin to take those gentle steps, as it were, towards normality, which we all want to be at. So really, it's a turning of the corner. Having said that, Danielle, we still must always be prepared to recognize Uh and respond to any new variant were it to come along. We're going in the right directions. We can pull back but we can't say it's over. There's no chance of getting another variant. We've got to be prepared to respond to another variant.
1: So this is the question that I I, I really want to ask, and obviously you're going to be asked um, uh, by everyone, which is if we lull ourselves back into this place of quote unquote normalcy and people get comfortable with not having the masks, not showing vaccinations, not needing to social distance and all of these things, if a new variant, which is more likely than not, to rear its head, how likely is it that we're going to be able to pull people back from the normalcy that we're allowing them or saying that is available to them right now?
0: Well, that's part of the strategy, if one looks at it and examines it carefully, is that It is what we call like a sliding scale. Uh It's, you know, people have made metaphors in saying that, you know, when you're in a really severe rainstorm, you go out and you put your galoshes on, your raincoat, a hat, an umbrella. Then when the rain slows down, you know, you may not have to have the galoshes and the raincoat, just an umbrella. And when it stops raining, you can put the umbrella down. However, when it starts to rain again, Uh you take the umbrella out again. You put your raincoat on again, you put your galoshes on again. That's what we're saying. We want to go and we are going in the right direction, but we need to be prepared to be able to recognize and quickly respond to the fact that there may be another variant. We can't be frightened and waiting for a variant and freeze ourselves where we are. We can approach normality as long as we keep in mind that we need to be able to recognize and respond to a variant if and when it occurs.
1: You know, and I love that analogy. I, I think to myself though, funny enough, people don't protest the rain. And so they're more likely to put on galoshes when they need to because they don't see it as a political exercise. What do you say to the parents right now of young children that are under the age of five that aren't able to get vaccinated um, at this time who still feel like they are in a vulnerable state because their children are not covered?
0: That's an excellent question that so many parents are asking who have children in that age group. And the answer to that is to do what you can to surround your children with people who are vaccinated and boosted. And when you're in a vulnerable situation, to wear a mask. We are trying now to get to the point where we don't need to have masks on children. But we want to make sure that the schools are safe. And this is what I refer to as communal responsibility. There are many people for a variety of reasons. Many of them are politically, uh, I wouldn't say motivated, I don't mean motivated, but have a political tinge to it about not wanting to get vaccinated saying, I'll worry about myself and I'll take care of myself and I'll take the risk. But when you're dealing with a transmissible virus, you have a personal responsibility to yourself and to your family, but you also have a responsibility to society. Because if you really want to make sure we put this vex, this virus, this outbreak in the rear view mirror, we can make a contribution by not giving the virus the opportunity to circulate among us. And you do that by getting vaccinated. Nobody likes to mandate or require things. We call upon the spirit of the American people to be part of a society and communal effort to crush this virus. And that's the reason why we practically plead with people to get vaccinated and to get boosted, to protect themselves, their family, and their community.
1: You know, the other part of this pandemic, too, isn't just, obviously, the the loss of life, but it is also the emotional um, health and the erosion of emotional health and mental health and well-being that we've seen across the country since the beginning of the pandemic. Um, What are your thoughts about how, as a race to get to this normal, that we deal with the collective trauma that we've experienced in this country and around the world, and that that getting back to normal will erase kind of uh, the experience and the trauma that people are still holding and will be holding.
0: That's such a good point, Danielle. In fact, that's an important part of our comprehensive approach to dealing with this outbreak. You're absolutely correct. There have been scars, emotional scars, Uh economic scars, mental health scars that people have had. We have got to and we will put resources into addressing mental health, developmental, and other issues with regard to COVID. It is a very important issue that we can't neglect. We know we've seen the detrimental effect of when kids are not allowed, to be in school in person, number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, mm-hmm. we've seen the stress on families who've lost their jobs because of the effect on the economy. Those are things we have to address. They're all part of the broad problem.
1: And finally, finally, just last question, um, what do you say to the critics, Dr. Fauci, that are saying that the expedient uh, nature that we are withdrawing the mitigation efforts are in time for midterms that are in a couple of months? What do you say to those people that are, that are saying, isn't this interesting timing?
0: Well, I, I just think that's just absolutely not the case. We're guided by public health issues, by the science, by the data by the evidence that has always been the case. One of the important and unfortunate aspects of all of this is that the divisiveness in this country is so contraindicated when you're trying to deal as a nation together to fight one of the greatest challenges that we've had in well over a hundred years. It's really unfortunate that there has been politicization of that. That does nothing but impede an effective response. That's too bad, unfortunately.
1: I want to thank you so much for your time and all of the work that you have done uh, in trying to provide clear guidelines, facts, and steps to keep us all safe over the last um, couple of years. And we appreciate it.
0: Thank you very much, Danielle. It's good to have been with you. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Folks, and now for your woke moment of wellness. The State of the Union really got me. It put me back in a place of anger and rage um, that I don't want to be in. And while it is my work, right, my job to follow the news and report on it and analyze it and be able to figure out a way to deliver it to all of you. It was an important moment that I want to offer that I believe each and every one of us need to recognize in our own lives. I, like I said, I was going to go live right after the state of the union. I was going to go and do an Instagram live. And I realized that I had no more energy left in me. And like I said, this country doesn't deserve it. I needed rest. And I think too often we are told to keep going, keep grinding, keep pushing and ignore what our bodies, right? And our minds are telling us, I am done. That's what happens when we reach exhaustion, right? When we can't move from the couch, when it's hard to get up, our body and our mind is telling us I am finished. And instead of ignoring it, instead of pushing ourselves to be as productive as we can, I think that a part of self-care is really listening to those signals that are sometimes not so subtle that our minds and our bodies are sending to us, right? That you need to rest, right? That it is okay not to follow the blow by blow, that it is okay to turn it off, that it is okay to not send that email because I'm not in the right frame mind, right? That it is okay to tell your bosses, right? I need a break. Like a friend of mine just recently said, I need a sabbatical. I've been doing this work. I've been doing all these things. I'm going through a lot of issues. I need a break. We have to be able to recognize for ourselves before we have a breakdown when enough is enough. And I really hope through active, regular self-care that we don't continue to push ourselves to that brink where we have a breakdown and then realize that we need the rest. Rest is not something that we should earn. Right? We don't need to earn it. We're human beings. We're not machines. And I think that it's important always for us to recognize that truth. So allow yourself, give yourself the permission to take a break before you push yourself too far. And then your body pushes back in ways that end you in the hospital. This self care, right? And wellness is about prevention right? Not just preventing like our rage from taking over our bodies, but from preventing that rage to turn into sickness and take over our bodies. So do pay attention, not just to the news, but to yourself. As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. And stay well as fuck. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.
0: perfect home sweet home. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners.